Wow, what a day that was. You can see the stock market going all over the place. Let's make some sense of it. The first thing I want to talk about is up or down. Which direction are we heading? Because it looked very curious in today's trading session. The second thing is the wild ride. This is a roller coaster and I want to break it down simply for you. I'll give you charts. I'll give you the data and the history as well. The third thing is the Fed in control. And I will show it to you in something very important that we must understand if you stay until the end. Let's begin. So here we are, stocks mount stunning comeback on Monday with Dow closing in the green after earlier 1,000 point loss. It was going crazy to say the least. I'm sure you've seen it already, but my goodness, we are looking at the four broad indexes. And I just wanted to show you how serious this became in such a short period of time. Look at that candle. If you could see that above my head there, I hope you can. This is massive. Okay. Just giving you an idea. This is the NASDAQ. It was all the way. I'm represented by the QQQ 334. And it comes all the way up to past 345 going into a point in which it ends up in the green at 353. So this is a huge swing in a given trading session. Wall Street plunges through the white knuckle zone before closing slightly higher. The interesting part here is throughout the day, I was opening up all these articles. And then at the end, of course, we see the change in momentum. And I refreshed all the articles and they all change their titles and the data within them because you don't often find this happening. In fact, this is historically very unusual to say the least. Usually, you know, it's within a given range, but today it was quite extreme. There's only a couple instances where we've seen something like this. Bitcoin climbs into positive territory after falling below 33,000 to a new low. So this is over a period, of course, we've looked at this and where Bitcoin has been, and it's all over the map over these last few months. But understand, you know, in terms of context, where we are sitting, this is a risk on assets. We know that to be the case. And as such, you're going to have to expect this to go up and down and swing here and there. But you don't expect that from, you know, if you're holding the S&P 500, if you're holding Apple stock. But look at these companies and what has happened over the last little while. I mean, come on. This is Apple. It was uh, January 4th. It was at 182, currently at 161. Okay, this is a big hit for a lot of these companies, which at this time, you know, we're being told they got this, they're, you know, they're selling this many devices, the services are doing this and that. It has been a severe beatdown. What do you want to see? Amazon? Here we are, even worse. You can look at some of the other companies. You know, there are others, Tesla maybe, peaking out back here in early November, along with the indexes, by the way. Same situation, 1236. And in today's trading session, a wild one, as you know, hit uh, at a point it was at 852. 852. I mean, it's all over the board today.
But here we are, the actual economy, the actual markets, what's going on? Well, the U.S. economy dropped down to a slower gear in January amid situations that were occurring, intensifying the labor and supply shortages. So you can look at the data directly from IHS market showing you that output growth slowing to an 18-month low. If you see the chart here, all you got to know, whenever you see one of these type of charts, usually they have a 50 line and anything below the 50 line means it's contracting, it's slowing down or anything above is of course the opposite. And so we see this coming down over the last several months. I've been covering it every month that I, that I can just to give you an update on that. And it is just, just barely above the line. So that is something to watch because once we go into contraction territory, the threat of recession increases. I didn't say when it goes below that there's a recession, but what I'm telling you right now, look at these instances, okay? We had it going down. I should pull that out again. Right here, that's 2008, 2009. Right here into 2020. It doesn't happen often where it goes into the negative. And this is, you know, when you look at this for uh, manufacturing services, both are being affected today. Worried traders make a dash for stock liquidity as the sell-off worsens. Surging ETF volume viewed as a sign of growing investor panic. ETF trading spiked on Friday with the QQQ turnover reaching a record. That was a record for the QQQ. Essentially suggesting we've never seen this type of volume before. So they're reacting to what's happening here, somewhat of the fundamentals, okay, no doubt, but there's much more to it. And you're going to see it first in things like this. Meme stock route slams GameStop and AMC with a 60% drop. Unbelievable. I mean, I didn't see them myself. Let's take a look at this. Wow. Okay, it's down to 100. At its lowest point in the day, it was down to 86 for GME. This has just been heading downward. I mean, my goodness. Look at that. It was at 200. What were people buying this at? It was at 247. 247. Now at 100. People are holding on. Because you're going to see it in the risk first. The most riskiest things first. And then it starts coming down. Okay, man, the small caps, and then it goes to the NASDAQ and so on. The market has never plunged 10% this fast to start a year. It's never happened. And, and I'll show you a chart. I think I have it up here in a second that we actually go back to 1920. That data just, just doesn't exist. Now, what's happening to the average person? Because charts and you know GME stock and everything, maybe it has no impact on people. But what is important is inflation, rising prices, and the effect on the average person's ability to spend, and of course the um, you know the the consumer is really the largest percentage of the economy. Red hot inflation grips pockets of the U.S. Midwest and South with rates over nine percent. So it depends on where you are. But I've said even to a deeper level. As an individual, okay, think about it. As an individual, 
your inflation rate is going to be different than your neighbors, different than your other people in your family or people across the country or people in different parts of the world. So it's never really a good or accurate indicator at all, but we see the trend. That's what I try to show you. Um, you know, you look at the manipulated CPI numbers. I mean, come on. But if the trend is going up, even they are willing to admit it. Okay, now oil prices at the time of this recording probably going to be different than obviously what you're seeing, but it's at around $84 a barrel. It came off the top, no doubt, but it is still very high. And that puts pressure on people, not just with you know the oil prices they're investing into it, but of course gasoline prices and anything that relies on shipping stuff. Hey, our food prices and everything else. Really quickly, I got to go through this. This is from Goldman Sachs. Since their respective peaks, the S&P 500 has fallen by 8%. The NASDAQ fallen by 13%. On the right-hand side, energy has outperformed during the sell-off, while Infotech and consumer discretionary have dragged the index down. Certainly, that has been the case. That's why I brought up oil a moment ago. More than half of the NASDAQ 100 companies have fallen by 10% or more since the peak. And, you know... There's a lot of companies, by the way, that are down 50%, 30%, and really a lot of significant ones. We're talking about big names. It's not just the Pelotons and so on. Stocks which sold off the most have also experienced severe valuation contractions since the peak. Of course, you can measure that in many different levels, but that is the case. Global flows still trending towards buying as long additions outpace the shorts. So as I've said many times before, oh, there's panic. There's Everybody's running for the exits. No, actually, it's not the case. You can see those statistics. This happens to be from JP Morgan, but you see that. I mean, I've shown you in many different ways. Yes, we've come off the peak euphoria, but money doesn't leave the markets like this. It takes a lot. I mean, think about it. The markets are really overreacting. Um, if you take all the information we've had for the last several months, suddenly they're waking up to the fact that the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates, that inflation is increasing and so on. I mean, come on, we got to wake up people. Okay. If you appreciate this information, don't forget to give that thumbs up. It's right down there. It's one click. Okay. I appreciate you doing that. Net flows versus market returns. Buying despite decline is somewhat unusual because when stocks are going down, People today, they're just saying, I'm just going to buy the dip. Okay. And that's the retail traders uh, specifically. And just to show you here, this was the chart I was talking about SP 500 year to date performance. This far into the year, it's down heavily. And we haven't seen it drop this much at this point. The chart goes back to 1928. Big, very big. And this here, I think, is one of the most powerful videos and, and taken as a quote, one of the most powerful quotes you're ever going to see. If you haven't seen it before, amazing. Ben Bernanke, he's being grilled by Bernie Sanders. Say what you want about the guy. He did a great job grilling um, throughout the period here, the uh, Federal Reserve many things. In fact, the audit was done finding the $16 trillion. He put that information out there, okay? 
So I'll give credit where credit's due. Ben Bernanke, he says this to Ben Bernanke. Tell us who you gave the money to. You gave $2.2 trillion at that time. $2.2 trillion out. Tell us who got the money. Ben Bernanke says, no. He was very, very stern about it. He said, tell us who you gave the taxpayer money to. No. And that's the way that they they think you're a piece of garbage. And the fact is, people are so highly dependent. They think that the Federal Reserve is going to help them out, help out the average investor, and help out the big investor. They don't realize the depths of this institution. This is good to end the video off for today. CFA study cast doubt on whether passing the test is key to fund manager success. What does it mean? Well, apparently, if you have a CFA, you are actually not, first of all, does not make you a good investor. And actually, potentially, you're a worse investor as a result. Managers with technical degrees also outperform. It just shows you, okay? Research looked at the careers of more than 6,000 managers and found that, that persistent performance was more likely in portfolio managers without a CFA. So it doesn't really tell us much about the you know, individuals on in-depth, but it just shows you what's happening today is you know, not about you know, what are your credentials and so on. It's not the case really isn't the case today. Things are wacky. And why? It's because of what the Federal Reserve is doing. If you appreciate the information, hit that thumbs up. If you haven't seen this video yet, you definitely want to check it out. Click it and I'll see you there.